Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We are very excited to have Lola Riquiel on our podcast today. She launched her brand Pom Pom in November 2019. Her brand uses velour, which is a fabrication that her grandmother, Sonia Riquiel, frequently used. Lola grew up in Paris and lives there now. And we cannot wait to learn all about her incredible brand. Thank you, Lola, for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy to be there. Oh, good. Well, we are happy to have you. Let's start by walking us through your career path. So I think my career path, you know, like I often say, like I, I've been working, I'm 34, and I've, I often say I worked, I've been since 34 years in fashion. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> You know, kind of like I'm a, I'm a, I'm an oldie. (laughs) So, and in a way it's true. Like I haven't like physically, like I've been having a job, but I've really grew up in my family from both sides, my mom's and my dad. It was, um, it was really like the the main topic and the way they, they got, um, you know, where they are was fashion. So from that side, who is in, who is British he, he his family had founded the shop Browns, which is a, a concept store where they have like a lot of designers. Mm-hmm. Very much. And, uh, and so, so it, it's it became an institution in in England, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And 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 from my mom's side, it was my grandmother who um, was the creator of Sonia Riquel, her her eponymous line. And so it was funny because for me, that was, you know, the norm is fashion and fashion shows and mm-hmm. rooms and, you know, like everything that goes around it. And it's something that I guess that most people who want to work in fashion to discover while they work in fashion, you know, but for me, it was, you know, I would go to the, I would go to my grandmother's um, atelier after school and be between like the fabrics and between the models and just, Mm-hmm. Sitting, trying on every all the samples, uh, and um, same in, in London, I would be like you know like running in the stores, <laughs> <laughs> trying everything, being impossible, you know. And but it's like it was a, a very so it's not part of my career, but I think that it really to be like growing up in that environment was kind of like very nurturing for me, and very and and I always loved it, and it felt like it was the you know like it was home. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really think that I was going to work in fashion because for me it was too too obvious, and I decided to work to start to do a dance. Yeah. So the year of the first year, I've I've studied dance and I loved dancing and I did ballet and modern, and then I I moved to New York when I was twenty to to be at Martha Graham School wow. to learn dance. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I was like, I'm not going to do fashion. I'm going to do dance. Mm-hmm. Fashion, it's like, uh, it's there forever and it's my life. But dance is something, it's a universe I, I, didn't, I didn't know so well. Right. You know? And uh, <laughs> I worked very hard and I loved it. But it's true that I think that what I loved as well in dance was the sense of beauty and um, the outfit. I was fascinated <laughs> by, Absolutely. by the outfit, especially like 
to compare when you like grew up in France and you do dance in France and then you go into New York and you see like the, the different outfit and the different gear. It's, it's very cultural, but it's very different. And I got, and I think that Pompon is very, very inspired about that whole time of my life, you know, about the, the gymnastic and the dance and, and, and the two cultural, like the French dance and the American, mm-hmm. American gear. So I, I stopped dance to finally move back to France. And then, and then I was about, I believe like 23. And my mother was, uh, was celebrating the 40th anniversary of, um, the 40th anniversary of Sonia Bikiel. Mm-hmm. She was doing a huge, she was doing so many projects. She was doing a collaboration with H&M, which she was one of the first designers uh, after Carla Gaffelt to do a, a collaboration with a, a brand like H&M. So this was before it became like a cool thing, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so she was organizing that. And at that time, it was funny because I was basically, as a, as a dance student, I was, I was, or as a student, because I was 23, I was, most, mostly what I was wearing was Sonia Ricciel because it was, you know, <laughs> very very available to me and i loved it and h&m because you know it was cheap and easy you know know, so i was like and and so i i and i saw my mother being doing working on that collaboration that she put all her heart in it and in the same time she was preparing the 40-year anniversary of my grandmother's career right and then she was doing collaboration with every designer to represent an iconic look of my grandmother. And it was a surprise for her at the end. It was two amazing projects that, um, you know, I could not help but being like, what am I doing? I need to be there. I need to do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think at that moment I clicked and I realized that I had to try to work in fashion because I always loved it. It's never like I was a tomboy or whatever, you know? <laughs> right. I loved it, but I just felt that, you know, maybe like I had to find, I had to do something different and my whole family. Sure. But I, so I asked my mother and I asked my grandmother who was still there at that time. And they were both so happy and both that I finally wanted to like join them. You know, they didn't want to pressure me, but they were so happy. <laughs> yes. And so I started to work for Sonia Riquel and at that time, I did one year of like going to each department of the, mm. I went to the style, I went to the, um, to the, to the studio, I went to the production, I went to the factory, I went to all the accounting, you know, the, oh, all the, the little thing from the, who creates the wheel. Because it was important, like at that time, it was our company and it was important to understand how it was not only close, but it's how, how much it's like you give your hand to somebody and, and how everybody, everything is linked so you can create a collection and so you can buy it and so you can have clients and, and it's, it's very interesting. So I had to do that for one year to go to every department for one month to understand the way it was working. And, and I'm grateful I did that because it was... So, like, although I hate, like, math and accounting, I was like, what is that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was like, but I stayed with the people who would do that, and thank God for them, they were here, because without them, we're <laughs> nothing, you know, like, accounting people, what, what, do we do, what do you do, you know? <laughs> Business, that's right. 
you know, without the production people, without all those all those things who are essential, who are not necessarily the the, the genius or the creator or the or like my grandmother and the stylist who are designing the dresses and and right. the outfit. Besides that, there's a whole organization and and to acknowledge and to understand how it works was, I think, was the basic for for my mother and for me to and for my grandma. But they were like, that's how you have to start, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So so I did that, and then afterwards, I I decided that I wanted to try PR and to to like stay in the department of communication. Mm-hmm. So I, after staying one month at the communication department, I was like, I, this is the place where I feel more comfortable as of now. And, uh, and indeed, because, you know, communication, it's very, it's a very dynamic job when you're doing PR, you go out, you meet people. It's easy for me to talk about the, it was easy for me to talk about the brand, you know, and, uh, and it was very like, um, you know, and you meet, you meet a lot of people, you meet people who love the brand, you try to, you meet celebrities. So it's, it's all very exciting, I think, you know, and, um, so I thought I was like, okay, so maybe I can try to learn from that department as much as I can. And I was still young, you know. Right. And then after spending six months there, <laughs> I decided to move back to New York because the PR, I mean, the PR who was working there um, had decided to leave. And my mother was like, I think now you're ready to run the office for, to run the, the New York office to do PR since I was training in Paris for six months and one year before that. So I moved to, I moved back to New York and, um, and I stayed in the company as the PR director for, well, um, until 2016, until my, until my grandmother passed. And, and at that time when she passed, I decided to leave the company, open my own PR agency and have Sonia Riquel as my main client. Mm-hmm. So my point for me was like, it was a, a moment that I have to turn a page, you know, and I wanted to still be connected with the brand. But in the same time, my grandmother had, you know, this time physically gone. And, and so I was, I was ready to take on other missions, you know. And so after working for three years, like, and having a different clients as PR, which I, I loved it, you know, I think that... I, re- I came to realize that I was missing something and, and, um, and the something was creativity, you know, <laughs> and I, and I always, during all that time, always loved, you know, like, um, always loved like clothes and fashion, but more than that style. And as well, I have my very personal taste and, and, and I wanted to create as well my, my line, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to remember, to remember about what my grandmother told me and what she, what, what all the things that she taught me without even knowing she told me. And on top of that uh, knowledge to as well, like incorporate my, my vision of like, you know, like the American pom-pom girl, the cheerleader, like all the things that come <laughs> so exotic, you know, the way you are like, Paris. I'm like New York, you know? <laughs> <laughs> for me I always like I, I you know I grew up and I watched a lot of American movie and I was I was like why in France we can't have like cheerleaders and pom pom <laughs> <laughs> it was my dream you know to have to be a pom pom and in France it's like so boring and of course we didn't have that That's so funny. 
<laughs> we all wanted to be in France. Right. <laughs> and you wanted to be in France, right? Right, right, right. Exactly. So and so and so that's how I came to to create Pompon, you know. It it was the idea for me of like doing like a, a little capsule collection of like something that would be sports but but chic, you know, because I think right. that, you know, I think that the um, French woman, you know, like we, we have that tendency of like not being very not be, not being very open about the fact that we work out too. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. But let me tell you, we do work out. <laughs> 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 Sorry, French friends. <laughs> it's just that you know it's just that you know like american women i think they're more upfront about it and that's one of the things i loved when i moved to new york is to see how they're like more upfront about a lot of things and and working out as well and i think that in france it's something more like you have to hide it because it's that you're taking care of yourself and that it means that you're vain and it means that you're not really this way right <laughs> but me, I, I was like, well, I like the idea of like, you know, being honest and, you know, and being honest, being like, yeah, I worked, I worked, I worked out, doesn't make, you know, it's, it's not only, it's, it's not only about the vanity, it's as well about a team, a, a team spirit, it, it's all those values that Americans sometimes have, you know, they don't know that they're carrying it. Right. But for me, like a foreigner, a French, a French girl, that's what I love, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I had the idea of like creating an outfit, creating it, creating outfit that French girl will not be ashamed to be seen in the street wearing mm-hmm. if they, because in, in France, women don't really wear like, um, Lululemon's leggings to, <laughs> be, <laughs> <laughs> to go in the streets, you know, they will, that, like, they will change, you know, they will change in this. And, but in America it's different. And I was like, well, I think there's an in-between, you know, like there's an in-between. You can have maybe a fancy rhinestones, uh, rhinestone legging, but that fits you super well. And you, you're not going to be ashamed to have a, a drink with your friend after your workout class, you know? Right. So that was like my, 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 my idea behind it because, and as well, it was, you know, like being, studying dance with a lot of people, with a lot of colleagues from all around the world at, at the Graham School, made me see, you know, like the importance of style, you know, and the importance of the style of the dancer is something so interesting. And it's so, you know, so interesting. And sometimes they have much more style than a lot of, than a lot of style icon that we will think about because they have, don't have a lot of money, but they will have like mm-hmm. uh, clothes that will, that will fit fit their beautiful body and that the way they're going to twist them or the way they're going to use an old sweater and like make it so like make a hole in it and and make it so like damaged but it looks amazing with tights and that's what i love as well kind of like this negligee look you know yes so it's it's a combination of a i don't know if i answered right the way way your question yeah. No, yes. that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh-huh. Okay, amazing. I'm, I'm afraid of drifting and be like, oh, no, no, you're doing a great job. And I, these are the thoughts that I had about that because I grew up as a ballet dancer as well. And um, You grew up as a ballet dancer? Yeah. And so, and I studied at the School of American Ballet in New York City for a little wow. while before. But what I was thinking about with you is, you know, one of the things that I've always been fascinated about is like 
studying the way the fabrics would move on the body. So you came from this yeah. fashion world, literally family. And then when you are dancing and you're watching the dancers and it's, you know, fascinating which fabrics work best to move in mm -hmm. and how it looks when you dance. And I've always been interested sometimes New York City Ballet with hair with uh, a choreographer with a fashion mm -hmm. designer like Valentino. And they would have to yeah. create a costume for the ballet. And so they would learn how, how fabrics, you know, what you would need to be able to move your body freely. But think exactly. And you know that now. So that's really puts you at such an advantage. And the other thing I was thinking about was when you said that your grandmother was the, one of the first to do the H&M collaboration, mm -hmm. I feel like just her life philosophy, she was a trendsetter in every way. Yeah. You and know? she wanted fashion, to, you know, she, she was not like, um, she wanted fashion to be for everybody. She didn't want fashion to be just for an elite who can afford it. She thought it was belong to everyone. And she always told me like, I get my inspiration by looking girls in the street. Right. The street are, they're not, no, we're not talking about, you know, like bourgeois, we're talking about every girl. Right. That style, you know. Amazing, 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 amazing. Um, the other thing that I, that I, is one of my main quests. Sometimes I'm a wardrobe consultant. So I work with women. Wow in their closet shop for women and everything and they will say will you help me i'd like for you to help me with my lululemon collection and, yes. I, and I tell them i'm trying to get you out of your lululemon, of your lululemon collection so I'm like, <laughs> if you get off the plane in paris in your lululemon you know you're obviously I'll tell you. <laughs> you're obviously a tourist and they will scoff at you you know so what i'm yes. always looking for is a is a brand that can feel like luxe or athleisure, but is sure. a little bit more elegant and sexy and elevated than, you know, workout clothes. I mean, it's For sure. ridiculous. So, um, but I think it's important to, I think it's important to, to acknowledge the fact that women today do want to feel comfortable. Right. You know? Yes. And, and I, and I obviously, I, for me, I, I always admire a lot the women who travel in a plane with high heels because I would never be able to do that. Right. And, and, I, and I think that I like the idea of being comfortable and chic. And it's something that, you know, my grandmother embodied so, my both of my grandmother embodied so well, being comfortable and chic. And it was not separated. You know, it was okay. not like, if you're comfortable, it means that your couch, you're, you're, you're on your couch. You're sloppy, floppy. lazy. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I totally you know. And that's why, you know, like for my wedding, I, I, um, I got married in a jumpsuit, you know, with, oh, with heels, but with a jumpsuit, you know, and I was oh, like, wonderful. I that want to like so have something sense. comfortable. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. The other thing too, I was thinking about when I was a younger dancer and I was looking at the older dancers, I, you yeah. know, I loved the way they would wear their, like their leg warmers and their, Yes. Um, wrap the sweaters around their waist and it wasn't exactly just, you just wanted to be just like them so i really just like them i really understand that okay so, exactly yeah so the question did you always want to start a company did you was that a big thing for you or did that just sort of evolve i think you know i think that you know like uh, it evolved i think i was i think i I'm, I was happy to work in a company, but to start my own company means, 
means basically that I'm not going to have to listen to authority, you know? Right, right, right. And it's, some, and it's true that it's something I had issue with. And I had this, I think I have this entrepreneur, like maybe spirit inside of me, you know, that it's hard for me. Like in the same time, I really want to learn and I do appreciate to have mentor. And I think it's essential to, to, my, to my growth to have met people who really taught me some stuff. But in the meantime, I do really crave for independence, you know? So I think that's what you have when you have your own company, you know? It's like you, you I'm, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm capable of taking decision and I like the idea of like, you know, maybe I'm going to be wrong, maybe I'm going to be right, but, you know, I'm going to do it, you know? And, yeah. and, um, but it's, 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 it's hard, but I'm, I think I'm, I'd rather have that than to just follow something that I don't really believe in. Well, and I, I bet that the examples that you had from both of your grandmothers, it would just be, you know, like some people would think, well, I'd like to do something like that, but no one in my family has ever done anything Right. Like, like to you, it would seem much more attainable. You know, they did exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For me, it was not like a big deal because I was like, that's, that's the norm. Right. You know, right. In my family, they're all entrepreneur or artist. Mm-hmm. And there's not one person who works in the office. You know, they're all like writers or historian or a pianist or, uh, or, or they have a dance school. Nobody has, nobody has, they all like kind of create their own law universe. Whereas it became successful or not successful, it doesn't matter. It was just, you know, like you have your world and you create you create your own world, you know, and it can be as big as Sonia Ricciello, it can be as big as just one little store. It doesn't matter, you know. It's like your choice. Okay, so we kind of touched on this, but you <laughs> how did you choose your the name of the brand, Pompon? So it was a combination of a lot of things. I think that pompon, so you know in French, pompon, it, you know what it means? Not totally. Not no. for sure. <laughs> it, means, it means tassels. Right. Okay. The original. That makes sense. Exactly. So pompon is a tassel. And I remember when I was a kid and I was, um, I was doing like the, because my, during all the runway shows, my grandmother would put me and my sisters and my cousin on the runway and we'll do like a for Riquel Enfant. Oh, oh that's so gosh. cute. <laughs> I love that. So, so that was, and I wasn't, that was amazing. Imagine like doing the show and then after you, after seeing, after like going after Bruni and you know, it was so amazing and so, and so and I remember that as a little girl, you know, so we were not, obviously we were not, we were not like dressed like women, right. makeup or whatever. But I remember that one of the first accessory that was for me, like a reach towards femininity was the tassel. My yeah. grandmother used to put tassel on, on dress and on dress of, of like retail women, but as well on, on, on child, on children's. So I remember wearing that dress with a little tassel called, written on it, muchacha. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my, and I remember for me, it was synonymous of, um, of a kind of like a step towards femininity, but you know, like not, not a high heel, but a start, you know, like a tassel. It was like beginning. 
And it was synonymous as well of, you know, when you think about a tassel, I think about um, a show. I think about like, a, a, you know, a show with the curtains and the tassels okay. and I think about something exciting and, and, and up, you know, and very dynamic. And, um, and so that's a pompon. I also love the way my grandmother pronounced it. She, she, she used to say pompon, poupé, poupé, which means doll. You know, she used to call me my poupé. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of like this remembrance of memory. It's remembrance of like all these childhood memories. And then in the same time, there is on my own little path, you know, like looking at the American culture and, right. you know, the, the, the movies and the, I don't know, like the Grease movies and the cheerleaders and all of these things, you know, like Flashdance and, and um, what's, what's the name? All those, all those movies where like girls have like, you know, like girls have pom-pom or they're like cheerleaders and something that we didn't have in France. And for me, it was so fascinating, you know. And I, <laughs> it's, so when I moved to New York, like every Halloween, I was a pom-pom girl. <laughs> That. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm like so excited. I'm gonna be a pom pom girl again. And then people were like, it's not scary. It's nothing. And I was like, <laughs> you have to send us pictures so that we can post them. Oh, that is so cute. Well, we absolutely adore the name. It's just the best name ever. I love it. And, and as well, you know, what I like about it, it's like it's give this kind of sense of of team spirit, you know? Yes. I don't know. It's, it's a whole combination of things that made me obvious for me that I wanted to name it Pompon and as well because I think it's cute and, and it's dynamic and it's not taking itself too seriously. I just think it's wonderful. I really do. Don't you? <laughs> yes, of course. Lovely story and when <laughs> that that all came about. Now, tell us what, what, what it was like growing up in Paris and also were you splitting your time between Paris and London? So we were not splitting our time. We were going mostly on the weekend to London, but we were really living in Paris. Um, you can see I don't have a British accent. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm still struggling. So I definitely didn't spend enough time in England. <laughs> but uh, but, but so we were going mostly in the weekends or in the holidays. Uh, but otherwise, we were living in Paris and in the Saint-Germain-des-Prés. Mm, our favorite. So from the, the office and the store. And uh, how was it? Uh, you know, it's funny. It's like when it's your story for you, you don't really realize how is it. It's just, you know, it's, it's your norm. It's your life, yeah. you know. But then when you look outside and when you are an outsider, you, you, you see it differently. So for me, it was, I was like, oh, it's normal. But then I had to grow to realize how particular it was to like grow up, yeah, in, in Paris in, in the Latin Quarter and around all that culture and around all those, you know, libraries and stores and, you know, and, and um, I think I, I was very, I grew up and I was very lucky and I had like a nice childhood. But, but for me, my childhood was really um, about, you know, like school and going to my grandmother's office afterwards and just like staying there hours, watching her work, being with my mother. And we were like, kind of like a you know, like a, 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 um, a clan, clan? Right. Exactly. Yes, yes, that's exactly. correct. 
yeah you know and that's what I was telling you like I'm of course I'm having a girl because this yes. tradition <laughs> continues yeah exactly you know when I told my mother who I, you can imagine was is so excited to be like a oh. grandma she and I was like and I, told her, I told her it was a girl she was like we are a great girl yes oh, that's so awesome. your grandmother would be so happy too yeah I think so it's 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 so weird for me that um that she's that she's not going to be there for that it's so right. it's so weird but it's an, another topic <laughs> So I don't know, like, I don't know if I answered what question about how it is to grow up in Paris. <laughs> well, I know it is hard when it is how you grew up, but I feel like people from America are fascinated, the differences, like what is, what is school like in elementary and junior high and high school? It's just worlds different than America. Right. You know, I understand so much because I feel fascinated by your universe. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. Well, now, actually, what are your favorite spots? Um, My favorite spot in, in Paris? Uh -huh. Yeah. So I think that now I, I always, I've moved, since I moved back to Paris, I, I moved in the, in the neighborhood in the north, northeast of Paris, which is kind of like, a, you know, like the cool neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I, I like it and I think it's great, you know, and it's very dynamic, but I really love and miss, uh, Saint-Germain-des-Prés, which stays for me my favorite neighborhood. Mm -hmm. When I'm in Saint-Germain-des-Prés, I love to go, I mean, it's going to sound so cliche, but, you know, it's just honest. <laughs> I love to go to the floor, the cafe de floor. <laughs> same, 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 same. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, I will, it's just for me, it's where I grew up, you know, and it's, right. I love this place so much, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I love all the cinemas that you have close by in, in the six or at Odeon. You have like three or four cinemas that are very close by. And I love this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, which, which place did I love? You mean like as like stores or restaurants or things like that? Anything. Like Any and right all. Right now, well, obviously things are different right this minute with COVID. But what are a few of your favorite restaurants besides Cafe de Flore? <sighs> So I don't know, like, I feel like, um, have you been to Caviar Caspia? Oh, we, we didn't, didn't go. We, we tried. You, did. <laughs> you have to go. Oh, I thought we tried. We went to like, um, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Right. We tried to make a reservation, but we were trying too late. Yeah. Also, was, I'm a vegetarian. Is there anything? I think they do have pastries. It was during the... Um, they do have pastries. During do you eat fish or you don't eat fish either? Mm, not really. Not really. You still have like this amazing Vladivostok potato and you can have it with nothing. Yeah. And, and, and it's amazing. And it's just, it's, it's the food is, the food is really nice, but it's really the atmosphere, which is super Russian. And I, yes. oh, I love it. Oh, we must go, baby. We Definitely. must go. Definitely. Exactly. So that, so that's a wonderful restaurant. It's very like, you know, trendy and chic. Right. There's a real atmosphere and a real, like, it's, it's, I'd rather go there than to go to Cost, for example. You okay. Know? Okay. Good to know. Good to so, so I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, um, it's a really cool place, but I like a well, more simple place. Like my husband, my husband has a restaurant as well. And there. Oh, <laughs> he does? <laughs> he does. Yes. What is it called? 
he has a restaurant of meatballs. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and because he's like, um, his, his family is, is, um, is from Turkey and um, Turkey and Italy. And so he loves meatballs. Yeah. Do you have a veggie meatball? Of it's course, fun. yeah, he does. Of course, yeah. Oh, good. You know, it's hard in Paris. It's very meat. So I know, and so it's funny because I always like invite my editor's friends to right. restaurant, which is like super simple. It's not fancy, but it's so nice and so welcoming, and I love going there. and And it's just like it's um, it's 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 an experience, you know. It's nice. It's but it's it's much more simple, you know. And what oh, is it yes. called? It's called. Um, I know you're gonna laugh, but it's oh. called balls. balls. <laughs> And where is it? it was his way, you know, like he was, he's very savvy and it was his way of doing PR, like having people That's laugh about cute. that. Yes. You know? That's very cute. <laughs> what arrondissement is it in? It's, one is in Pigalle. Okay. And one is in the 11th um, Rue Saint-Maur. Okay, great. Oh my goodness. And where, what arrondissement are you living in now? In the in the twentieth, close to the eleven, close to one of his. Uh -huh. Okay, okay. And so, and, and he's gonna open soon another restaurant because he's Ooh. as well like fascinated by American culture because he's gonna open a restaurant of burgers as it, and he wants to a real tribute to the American to the real American fast food. <laughs> That's hysterical. Is it smart? Yeah, yeah. Do it in an elevated way. Exactly. So you next time you're in Paris, I'll take you to all of them. <laughs> oh, please, yes. Oh, we love that. You will, you're gonna like be like so full. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's all we do is eat and maybe walk a little bit. <laughs> eat and walk to the shows. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Well, it's incredible that I mean we really. I mean you kind of gain weight. It's a different. The French food is very different than the American food. When you eat carbs and things and yeah. all the croissant and delicious <laughs> chocolate mousse and everything that we ate, we really, I don't know, it's a different experience than eating French, I don't know, American yeah. fatty so food. Yeah. What is Listen, America has great stuff too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Great things in both places. What is the difference in French and American women? You noted a little bit earlier with the working out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot, of, I think that both of them, I, you know how we say that, you know, that sometimes American women look up to French women. Yes. Right. I think it's, I think it's on both ways. I just think that French women don't show it that much, you know, and that's the whole thing, you know, I think that French women, they, they cultivate an image of, they cultivate an image that um, everything is like oh, done on purposely and in this natural and it's got like, this idea that you know it's like the, we didn't try hard at all we just we really woke up like this really you know? but it's not the truth <laughs> and it's not and, and I think that and I, I just I just think it's fine to be sophisticated, you know, and I like the idea that you can be sophisticated. It doesn't mean that you're superficial or vain or whatever. It means it doesn't mean that you have no life. It means that you just take care of yourself, but yeah. it doesn't limit you, you know. And I think as a woman to 
take care of yourself is more empowering than anything else. Right. You know, it's a choice. And so I kind of want to, sh- I, I like to shift, to shift my mind and to, sh- to shift, I would like mentalities to shift a little bit, you know, in, in, yeah. in France for that, you know, and I don't ask French women to reveal all their beauty secrets, you know. Of course. But I do think it's fine to go and work out. I do think it's fine to admit that, you know, like if you're slim, it's because you're be- being careful, you know, it's not because right. you're like, naturally like super slim, you know, and, and I love that honesty with American women. I just love it. It's just, it's so refreshing. It's so honest. And this is what I discovered when I moved to New York is like my, my, my American friends, they were just like, so like go-getters, you know, they were go-getters. And that's right. what I love about them. And they were like, you want this thing, you have to work for it and you're going to get it, you know? And it's not about you waiting and thinking that it's going to fall in your lap, right. you know, because you're a princess, you know, and you're like too good to, too good right. for it, you know? And I got a lot, and I met a lot of very inspiring women who are so, so like ambitious, ambitious and work-driven, but in a way that was, that was very inspiring. I think they were living nothing for the, for the, to, to, for the faith. You know, they were just like having a goal in mind and setting it and working. And it didn't mean that they have, that they have no feelings, but I loved that spirit. You know, it's, um, I think it's, it's inspiring for, it's inspiring because if you keep telling your, like everybody like, Oh, I just, it just happened. I just didn't work for it. I just right. like, it just happened, you know, it's like, okay, so like how, you know, like sure. you tell a recipe, you know? <laughs> exactly. That's so true. Sometimes when we talk to French women, they're like, you know, the, 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 the portrait that they paint of their lives right. is it's, so, it's almost like yeah. a fairy tale. You know, my lovely husband and I walk through the garden, uh-huh. you know, that kind of thing. But I will tell you this too, with American women, yeah, like the women that I work with, they are trying very, very hard to be perfect. They are trying to be to perfect all. And so it's going about this. Unfortunately, I think women everywhere have this stress put on them yeah. to be perfect effortless, effortlessly. Yeah. So you think that Americans are handling it better. And we think that French women don't, yes. they're okay with being imperfect. And, you know, so it's very interesting when really it's we're all so very true. similar inside, I think. It's so true what you say. It's so true um, what you say, Alison, because I think that, uh, you know, like uh, at the end, it's really about what it is to be a woman today in 2020, you know, and, right. and what are we allowing ourselves to be and why do we have to categorize ourselves? Like, do we have to be like, you know, like in this, do we have to put this label or this label? But at the end, we're just, we just are, are worried about what people are going to say about us, you know? That's so true. And I think that what it would be nice is to have a bit more freedom and, and, and like um, lightness of being, you know? Yes, absolutely. And being supportive of each other. Exactly. You know, exactly that. I agree. I agree hundred percent with you, but, and, and, and leave space for, leave space for surprises and leave mm-hmm. space for electricity, you know? Exactly. Being open to things. So we yeah. mentioned that you're a dancer. And so, the aesthetic of the brand, I feel like I can see um, an influence there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. You mean an influence of, of the dance world? Right. Yes, exactly. Like the clothes oh, yeah. and 
um, you were inspired, like we talked earlier, by those, the dancers that you were around. And um, yeah. I think that's just such a great crossover. And dancers are some people who are very, dancers are people in general who are very liberated and very free, especially when you, you studied in, at, the, at the older age, when you're not just doing like ballet right. when you're a girl. It's like, you know, there are people who are usually eccentric and they are very comfortable with themselves and they're not afraid of being a woman or a man or, you know, like right. trying stuff, you know? Exactly, and using your body to, as an instrument. <laughs> You know, just exactly that freedom. Exactly. Exactly. Tell us about the pom-pom girl. The, so the pom-pom girl is a bit of a mix of all of that, you know. I mean, I'm, like, she's, she's, I think that, I think the pom-pom girl, she's, the, she's a woman who, a girl or a woman that, you know, she's looking for, you know, she's looking for freedom and, and, Freedom of like um, judgment, I think. Wonderful. And I think that, you know, like it's hard to say that when you're still saying, like, in my opinion, this is a pretty top and this is an ugly top. So I'm trying to never approach clothes this way, you know, I'm trying to think about like, you know, like what makes me happy, you know, what makes me, what brings me joy, you know, and I'm thinking like when I, when I see velour or huge sweaters in velour or tie and dye, the way I do, and I put rhinestone on it, on it, me personally, it brings me joy because, you know, it's comfortable, it shines. It's like, it gives all the stuff that resonates with me. But I'm not saying it's going to be good for everyone. I'm just going to say it's going to be good for me and maybe other girls will feel the same way. Right. But so the pom-pom girl is just, she's not, she she's doesn't really care about, you know, following. She's more about like going with her feelings, you know, and what what attracts her, you know. And so the pom pom girl can be as well uh, very masculine, but she can be very feminine. She can be anything she wants, and it can be as well a man. But you know, at the end, it's somebody who doesn't take itself so seriously and who wants to be, you know, moving in this world, active in this world because it's really about moving and about going from one place to another without feeling like you're, uh, you know, you're like squeezed in a, squeezed in a trousers and not comfortable. It's really this idea of like being active and, and, and doing things is very important, but yes, in the same time feeling empowered because you do feel good about yourself and you do like when you see a mirror, some, when you see a mirror and you like glance at it and you're like, Oh, cute. You know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but it's more like it's more like an outfit to go to the world. You know, it's it's something. It's not to stay and to just to be like a pinup and 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 just to be frozen. It's really like just a skin you want to put, and it's and you're just gonna go. It's gonna go with you and take take you with with your adventure. You know. Yes, that makes perfect sense. It sounds like to me, it's who you are and who you would like to be. You know, mm -hmm. I think that, and I think that's what all of us are, are struggling with right now. Like we want as women, it's such a big conversation right now. We want mm -hmm. to we have all these traditional roles, you know, mother, daughter, granddaughter, yeah. wife, but we also inside are an individual. And so to put on these pieces with personality exactly. gives you, you want to have the freedom to dance, you know, just to, to exactly. 
have a zest for life. So I'm, I'm thrilled about um, the fact that we're introducing this brand to women. Yeah, and you know, for me, like something like I always, my, my grandmother, you know, I always, I always loved, you know, like rhinestones and glitters and very girly thing. And those stuff, sometimes my grandmother was like, she didn't agree with me or I didn't agree with what she was doing, you know? And <laughs> even though obviously she was, she knew what she was doing, but me, my part, my, my little spirit wanted more glitter, you know? And I kind of like realized that fantasy with Pompon, you know? I, I'm like not thinking about what is a good taste, what is the bad taste. I'm thinking about what right. makes my heart happy, you know? And it's true that when I wear something with, with sequins and I and it's shining and it's like I, not anything but something that is right it just makes my day so much better and it makes me so happy so it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that it's gonna work for every woman but right. some of them yes <laughs> you know and you can't please everybody but I think that maybe no. don't love you know stripes like your grandmother did but she gave you the confidence to be able to say well I like glitter you know, and I'm exactly. going to wear sequins and, and I exactly. magnificent. I really do. Oh. So tell us how you pivoted during COVID and being pregnant. I mean, it's <laughs> big time. Well, I don't know. You know, we all, I think we all tried our best. You know, we, right. as being pregnant, I was trying to be careful, very careful because, you know, like we didn't know the risk for a pregnant right. woman. You know, like if it was um, how, you know, like how bad could it be for the baby? So I had to be right. just like careful, you know, and, and, um, you know, like, like I think worried and, and I had some friends who were doing some great initiative to help the people who are healing, who are like working in hospitals. So I was, I was, you know, like watching and, and like supporting that, mm-hmm. but my my position as as somebody who was kind of fragile, I was like not really active. I was trying to be careful, you know. Of course. And, um, and so yeah, and so I was thinking as well, what was the what the reason why as well it was interesting for Pompon, and and you know it's like it's because you know I think that as an online brand you stayed at home, you know, and and you right. could you could stay at home and respect the fact that you have to be like taking your distance with everybody and you can still do shopping, you know, and you can still like, you know, have, have like nice stuff um, and luxury, luxury clothes while, while you're staying at home. You don't have to be like, you know, like on a couch and whatever. You can still like look cute, you know, <laughs> look cute and it wasn't a, it, your, your brand is not like, um, you know, long dresses and long evening gowns and things like that. It's perfect. Nope. For, it's a perfect solution. Nope. For everyday life, and certainly for this time right now. Oh, thank you. I, I do, I do agree. I think it was like, it, it was funny. I think it worked very well. Not that I mean, it worked well during, during that time because I think that people were staying at home and they wanted they were maybe with their husband or, or maybe alone. I don't know, and they wanted to feel good, you know. And and so it, people wanted to have like nice, cozy, and beautiful things, you know beautiful too not just cozy and that's the thing that's where your brand comes in because I think people when they just stayed in their old sweat clothes they they began to feel depressed 
Exactly. Yeah. Like hopeless. So when you put on something and you do look in the mirror and you're stressed and you see a little sequin, it kind of immediately just oh, yeah. boosts your mood. Absolutely. And absolutely. And, and those clothes are, you know, they're more pretty than technicals. Like they're comfortable, but they're not like super technical. The, the, what is the most important is really that they make you feel pretty. Yeah. But yeah, you can move and you can do whatever you want with them, but it's not something that it's, I didn't, I didn't look for the, for the fabric to be like absorbing your sweat. Right. 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 <laughs> they call that wicking. wicking, I think is what they call that. Yes. How do they call that? I think they call it wicking, like W-I-C-K-I-N-G. And that's like when you sweat a lot, the, the wicking, the fabric pulls the sweat. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's something that many, you know, athletic clothes. And I don't like the way it feels so much. So I'm glad. No, no. But this feels like, pom-pom clothes feels like luxury clothes. Right, 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 right. Talking about the sequins reminds me of the book. Y'all might not have read it in France, The Rainbow Fish. Oh, yeah, that was a great book. What was that story about? A little book um, about that she had the shimmery sequins. And so, you know, she became like a star. Right, scales. Talk to us about how you determined the pricing for your pieces. So, you know, for me, it was really about the pricing was something that came after the whole process. For me, it was like really... Um, you know, like my, my goal was to do something beautiful and luxurious and in an amazing quality and made in France. And I was not thinking about, oh, prices, you know, I was more thinking like, I want to try to make the best thing. Mm -hmm. So, so, so that's it. So I, I really looked for the best quality and I wanted it to be, to be made in France. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I found the factory that my grandmother used to work with in the nineties, you know, so that was, so I just, I just, um, I did like a little, how, how do you say? Like I, I, I did a very, the very simple thing of like adding a little bit, but I didn't create a huge margin, you know, right. everything is so expensive. Right. All the materials I'm using are like so luxurious and, and resistance and, and, and such good quality that, Really, for me, it was, I mean, not that I don't want it to be successful. I do want it to be successful, but it was not so much about, you know, like, I, I didn't make a, a right. I, wanted to be a, I still wanted it to be affordable. So it's, it's expensive, but it's not that crazy expensive. And it should I, last. And it will last. And, you know, you don't. You it know. will last forever because it's the same velour as my grandmother's and it lasts a life. I know because I have, like, things that are but it's exactly the same velour, you know? So it, I'm just super confident about the quality of, of the pompon, of the pompon um, outfit, you know, very, very confident. And, it, and it's the velour I grew up with, you know, and, and that, um, and it's, it's, you just, if you just take good care of it, it will just stay forever, you know? That's magical. That really is. And, you know, I'm sure you noticed when you were living in New York, the size of, you, um, you know, closets and things like that. And a lot of my European designer friends tell me American women have too much stuff. They don't need right. all that stuff. They just need go-to pieces like, yep. like pieces. So um, it's a very European approach. And I love that. Explain to us, I know how I would do it, but how now that people are being able to get out and about, how do you take your pieces from day to night? 
Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, it's very, like today, it's very like uh, done when you go back home to change, to go to somewhere else, you know, like you, you start a day and you just continue the whole day with it, you know? Right. And for me, I, I like, for example, I have like, there's the, the top, um, is it one of the top called the sucré, which is in, in stretchy fabric. Mm -hmm. It looks from the. It looks like it, there's a zip on the front and there's a hole in the back and there's rhinestones on the on the chest saying pompon, you know. And it looks like a like a body, but it's not a body. It's just a top, you know. Uh -huh. That this is something that you could perhaps wear to an evening with, like you know, a jeans or black or black trousers or even like a sweatband, but with high heels. Mm -hmm. And it's you could wear as well in a dance class. Not that you, you know, like my, my point is that the rhinestones that I kind of put out a bit everywhere make, makes it almost magical and make it almost disco for an evening attire, you know? Yes. Disco and, and I like the idea of like wearing a, my sweatpants in velour. I love the idea of wearing them with sneakers. Mm -hmm. Big fan of sneakers and I love like comfortable shoes but as well with platform shoes mm -hmm. i love shoes and i love high heels when i found high heels that are comfortable i'm just like never leaving them because for me like high like platform shoes mm -hmm. is it's it's my it's the it's like almost like the it's life <laughs> you know? we feel the same way can't get enough of them it can't get enough of them. It gives you high and it's comfortable and you can run and catch a cab. It doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> yes, and you feel very sexy. They're just... Exactly. So that's, for me, it's a great thing. So so I think that all the pieces that there are in the collection, there is different way of styling them. And there's different way of like wearing them in a cozy way or in a sexy way. But it's really about like, what do you do with the rest? And, you know, like you know, what is the occasion, but I can wear like all of my pieces to like um, very casual, um, very casual occasion to a much more like uh, chic and upscale event. You know, it just depends the way with your accessories and with your shoes and with all the stuff that, you know, that make us happy and that you guys are like advising those women right, <laughs> to right. your women, you know, to, to wear, you know. Yeah. Great. So we know that the pieces are sold on your website. Do you think that you're going to wholesale the brand as well? So I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm already starting to wholesale a little bit. Okay. There is one of the places I didn't talk to you about, which is one of my favorite places in Paris. It's called the Ritual, like a ritual. Okay. And it's um, an amazing Pilates, it's an amazing Pilates place. And there's a lot of French women who work out there all day long. <laughs> and so they are selling the, my clothes there and it's perfect because for me, it's definitely like, it's yeah. definitely um, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the spirit. And so they are selling there. Uh, the, the shop, the place London who are selling, who is selling it as well. Okay. In, in the, in the six arrondissement, one is in London. Oh. And we are sold as well in a store in the, in the south in a, in a store called Natasha, which is in the south of France, and it's a beautiful store. 
that has a lot of great designers and they were really kind and they they just buy, bought the first collection. So that was the first for the first collection. So I'll see how it goes. And I think that I want to do a little bit of both, uh-huh. um, you know, wholesale and, and wholesale and then online. Online is great because you can really like, sure. you decide, you, you decide everything, you know, like you, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's nice to have a contact with the people who are buying it as well and to talk with them and to see if they liked it, how, how did it fit? And that's what I love yeah. is to talk with the woman who liked the brand it's, and to advise them. I love to do that, you know, and right. then I can understand that how you love your job because I think it's very rewarding to help women to feel beautiful. Yes. Yes, it is. It's much more than, than designing, um, you know, than designing a shirt, what you're doing, what you're giving, you know, there's not a real, there's not a, a word to really express what, what happens, that magic, what happens when someone. Yeah. But it's when you see somebody falling in love. Yeah. When it's you see a woman who like looks at herself and she feels yeah. beautiful, it's just the best. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I kind of, I helped, I helped on that. Stuff. It's nice. Exactly. You know, it is. You've just given this huge gift. Absolutely. So in the, in the south of France, what's the town where the store is located? It's the, in Biarritz. Oh, great. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Put that it, on our list. It's called the Nat- Nat- Natasha. That's yes. the name of the store. Okay. Natasha. I can and it's, it's a lot of, um, I think that they were interested because they used to sell Sonia a lot. Exactly. And they used yeah. to sell a lot of velour, and so they are thinking, I think that their clientele was very happy to find back the spirit, but yeah. with a longer twist, you know. Modern, that's right, that's right. So walk us through your process of designing a collection. Well, I think that, you know, um, I just like, I, I, I feel like I, I, feel in, I fell in love, or I fall in love with people, Mm-hmm. Or, but I don't fall in love with clothes so much. I I fall in love when I see somebody who's wearing something and who's so confident. Right. And, and then, and then sometimes the clothes is very interesting. But really, it's for me, it's really about like you know, like seeing the clothes in action, were worn by someone who has a spirit. And then I can be like, oh, I would love to have this, but then it should have the shoulder a bit more down and maybe ah. it's looser, you know, that would be cooler. But I, but I think it all starts for me. It's never, it's never for me about the clothes. It's more about the person and the, and, and like looking at people. I love to look at women. I love to look at, I love to look at different women and to see, you know, to see the, it's going to sound so cheesy what I said. <laughs> no, no, it I, I love to see the, the goddess in every woman, right. you know, it makes me think about what you said, like when your grandmother would teach you, you know, it's every woman on the street. So you, you naturally have this eye just to watch women and, and exactly. I mean, and some women, some women, you know, you're going to see them more than others and they're going to, be more, it doesn't mean that they're more beautiful. It's just that they're more something. They're more confident. They're more straightforward. They're more smiling. They're more strong. They're more, there's something more about them and you notice them. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, and sometimes they are like that because they're wearing something yeah. that make me that make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. 
Yes, Americans always say that's what the French have, the je ne sais quoi. Yes. <laughs> so once I, once I, I, I have this image and I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at old fashioned books and, you know, I, I'd, I'd like, I'd read a lot of um, old fashioned books and old magazine and as well, I'd spend a lot of time on Pinterest, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get like images and I get like ideas and, and it can come from anywhere. But um, then after I want to maybe find a way of like, have it on me, you know? Sure. I think this is how it starts. And then after I draw it, and and uh, I draw it the best way I can. <laughs> yeah. And um, and that's it, you know. And what about like lead time? So how long from concept to when it is on the website? Well, I think that since it was only my first collection, it was kind of speedy, you know. Like I think I did it fast for okay. the first collection. And now I think that uh, I'm working on the second one and uh, I'm almost, I mean, I'm really like in the middle of it. And I think it will be hopefully on the website in October. Hopefully. It's just that I have to give birth in the same time. <laughs> you know? oh my goodness. Well, you must keep us posted on both of those both things. Of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm giving birth in, in, in September, you know, and I'm working with Veronica and she's like, so for the appointment on September with all, and I'm like, we'd have to do it. <laughs> yes, you must. Okay. So when, when my birthday is September 5th, are we going to be oh, birthday? Wow. <laughs> perhaps she's going to be like, she's supposed to be around that time on the 15th, but perhaps it will be uh, yes. earlier. Yeah, it was supposed to come on September the 14th. And oh really? September the fifth, and she, the doctor said, "Well, she's definitely ready, ready to be." She was like, "She's so ready." Boy, I did think it was gonna be a boy, so I got a double surprise. <laughs> oh my god! Happy, happy, happy. She, she came out and she was like, "Let's go, mom. Let's do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get oh, busy. Gosh. She never stopped. I know. And Phoebe spent the summer in the pool because it was so hot. That's right. You need to get in a swimming pool. Exactly. That's why I want to go back to the south between uh, the, yes. the all, all day long. It feels so nice to have that weight taken off. Exactly. Um, yes. Okay. So you might feel like you've already said talked about this, but Valor, anything more about the significance of that fabrication? The significance of that fabrication? Hmm. Well. <sighs> I think that for me, what is particular about velour is that it embodies what I was trying to explain earlier. It's, it's in the same time, it's absolutely super comfortable. And it's time when, when you have the right quality and the, the right type of velour, because not talking about cheap velour, mm-hmm. it's really luxurious. So it's kind of like, for me, it's a bit like a platform shoes. It's a, 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 I mean, a beautiful platform shoes. Yeah. Not new platform shoes. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, great quality platform shoes. It's just like the best of both worlds. Right. Can be something that you can wear it down and wear it up. And and it's more wintery. It's true that it's more wintery um mm-hmm. fabric, but I do think that in summer it's nice as well to have enough to have like um for the eve for the cold evening, yeah. like a, a little jumper in velour, a little yeah. a little and 
you know, like you wear it with a tank top. Yes, absolutely. I, for me, I, I don't know, I have a very um, a sentimental um, feeling with velour, but it's, I decided to work on, with velour for the first collection because for me it was like, you know, like the, one of the things I grew up with, but there are so many other things that my grandmother did that I want to do as well. And I wanted, to, and I just started with that fabric, you know. But um, but I do think it's a. I think it's very universal, and I think it's as well. What is great is that it's an, it's something that is uh, attainable, you know. Right. And it's just like I love the idea of it being super functional but super luxurious at the same time. I mean, it's the perfect it's exactly, exactly. It's chic and it's chic. And comfortable, and I love that. Right, 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 right. And that is what all the American women are looking for that they believe the French women have. And you have created the perfect embodiment of that <laughs> idea. So, what design details and fit did you concentrate on most? The fit and, and the details? Mm -hmm. I want, it, I want, you know, when you, when you, a lot of the clothes that you will see are designed a bit oversized because I love oversized clothes mm -hmm. and I love the idea of like feeling a bit lost in the clothes. Right. So it's hard when you're doing, when you're doing oversized clothes, you really want to have like structure. Otherwise it gets too floppy, you right. know? Yes. So for me, when I, for all the, the trousers, the velour trousers, I did a really big belt that make your waist look super like uh, defined, you yeah. know. Yes, we love that. <laughs> and I did the same with the legging because I think that it's really about, you know, like you can't wear just like a, a huge thing. You need to like put some yeah. volume there and like narrow it down there. Yeah. And, and, and I try to do that. And I love to as well, um, the, the trousers, one of my trousers called obsolete. Uh-huh. Have pretty long at the at the legs, and I love it because for me, I always think that if you wear like very long trousers, it makes your legs longer. You know, absolutely. And then you add platforms, <laughs> legs for miles. <laughs> exactly. You know, so you know, it's it's little tricks here and there, but I do think that I I do love the I do love to combine oversized with very stretchy. I love to have like a huge. Okay. A huge sweater, my 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 sweater invité in die and die, for example, which is like in velour and it's hand painted and there's the hood. I love the idea of wearing it with you know just a pair of tights and and boots, you know. Yes, definitely. That's I tell so you can really see the body, you know. Well, that's what I tell my clients. If you're going to have something big on top, you need to have something fitted on the bottom it, and vice versa. Exactly. You just look, it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a very important rule, I think. Mm -hmm. It's so sexy. It's so sexy, and for me, that's the really nice way of living mystery as well. Is or it's or I have like a very large baggy trousers and a very small, tight fitting top, and I love the idea of like, you know, creating this balance. You know, not being like everything in baggy and you like you can't see where you are, or everything so tight and there's nothing left for imagination. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly right. And the pieces are machine washable, right? Um, uh, yes, they are washable. You can put it at 30 degrees 
And what I do is like I put them upside down. Um, oh yeah, inside oh, out. Okay, okay. <laughs> Outside in. Yes, yes. <laughs> and 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 thirty degrees. And then I don't put them in the in the um, the dryer. Okay. Let them hang and dry naturally. And and this way, it should stay forever. <laughs> right. It's so important to take care of your pieces and really understand how to do that. And I feel like people are trying to get away from dry cleaning. So it's so lovely that your pieces can be machine washable. I agree with you. And I, I'm like a big, I like, I love, I love all the things I own. You know, I'm like a very like materialistic, I take really good care of my stuff. Right. right. That's exactly right. That's and I, and I enjoy taking care of my stuff for, for me, it's like, it's, it's part of the process of like owning something you love. Right. It's like, you know, when you fold it back in your, in your wardrobe and when you like, what the, what detergent are you going to use? Like all of this for me, like it's part of the magic, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing with the mentality that you can't help but have when you're buying things from H&M. You know, oh, it doesn't matter for if sure. ruined because I didn't pay anything for it. Well, then why are you even wearing it? I mean, you know, if you have for it, sure. it's almost like this is my collection of wearable art, basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. It's this, when those kind of things, it's more like, it's more like, a feeling of disposable things, you know? Right. right. And who needs that? And it's kind of like a one, a one night stand. Very nice, but uh, not, run, you know, exactly. <laughs> talk to us about the brand and the plan. So how many collections do you think you'll have per year? I think, I think one or two. I don't really know. I think that, you know, I, I'm not like planning on doing shows. I'm not planning on like, yeah. you know, on, on, on like selling, selling, selling. And, you know, Yay. I want to do like things that, that have a meaning for me. So I would love to do a collection and sell everything. And then I would like to do another collection and, you know, and, and sell the most of it and not have like some things that I don't want anymore. Or I don't think. And I, and I would like things to to be like never out of fashion because yeah. for me, it's really not fashionable. It's just, it's a style thing. You know, it's not like all those pieces, you know, I loved them when I was, a, I would have loved them as a kid and I would always love them. I know that, you know, it's, so it's not, it's not like, it's not trendy. It's just right. yeah. it's forever, you know? So I think that I want to create pieces that are meaningful and maybe for that, I, I should start small and start just like trying to do the right things, you know? Well, I mean, I think it's important to have the freedom to do that. You know, why we don't need to have clothes and you want to, I feel like a lot of designers were so pressured that their designs suffered, you know, of course you can be patient and take your time and let your brand develop. And, and also I feel like there's an exclusivity when there aren't so many pieces in a collection, you know, it's that's very true. And I think what, that's when the pieces are right. And that's when you put really your mind into it. And I like the idea of like, no, like I, I'm okay with the idea of not pleasing everyone. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think that there's so many brands in this world to please so many tastes. And I think that if I can just do what I like in the right way, I will be very happy. And it's fine if it's, and it's fine if I can't do like, you know, like, um, I don't know, like gown dresses, you know, like sure. it's not my thing, you know, right. or as 
right. it's not my thing, you know. So, but but I'm gonna be, but I'm always gonna try to do some things that are sexy and comfortable, mm-hmm. and that I would want to wear, and I and 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 if it's worth it, I want to to create it. But otherwise, if it's not worth it or if I'm not in love with it, there's no point because it's a waste. It's a waste of materials, and we're trying not. We're trying. Everybody is trying to do better today. You know, we're trying to exactly. like better. You know, and and. and- Delia tells her, her, her brands that she works with, that she consults with, you know, Mm -hmm. what are you known for? What are the pieces? Like, take your time. Don't be all over the place. Make whatever it is that you love and make it the very best that you can. So I think you're doing that intentionally. And I think that's lovely. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking for the next collection, maybe I will have like 15 more styles Mm -hmm. and it's a lot for me. It's a lot because 15 more styles, it's like, it's like, is it, I want to ask myself, are they, are they worth it? Like, are they worth it? Like, are you going to wear them and wear them and wear them? Are you going to fall in love with them? Are you going to, you know, are you going to be like saving money for that top? Like, that's what I want people to feel, you know, I, the, the, I feel, you know, not yeah. just like, oh, I'm just buying this and I'll return if I don't like it. You know, like, I like the idea of like falling in love, you know? <laughs> Getting so excited about it. exactly. Okay, now what are the? This is an important question, I think. What are the lessons that you learned from your grandmother and your other grandmother and your father and, and your mother about working fashion? <laughs> I mean, you might have probably learned so much that you didn't even realize, you know, because you were just absorbing it through your family. But yeah, any words of wisdom? I think that what it, what I liked with my grandmother with Sonia is like she always told me like listen there's no there's no good or bad taste and you know like she was saying that being known as someone who had amazing taste and I love that because it was so humble you know I I love that she was like who are we to say this is good or bad taste who are we you know like really like it's all relative mm-hmm. it's I loved I love that lightness and I love that humility because she definitely had things that she was, she would be like, Ooh, I will never wear that. Right. But I love how she, and, and, and she had a very specific style herself and very, very specific version of a woman. But, but I love the fact that she was open to understand that, you know, it was her vision and her taste and it doesn't mean that it's the right taste. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, in fashion, it can feel in fashion and in, in in, in like um, the rules of fashion, I don't like when it starts to be more like, uh, um, like a, how do you say, like a dictatorship, you know? Right, 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 right. I don't like when, I mean, I think that, I think that it's important, I mean, I think it's, it's good to educate women about, tell them, tell women what fits them well, you know, what right. fits them well the way I think that you are probably teaching them what to do, right. you know, like, teaching them how to look at themselves and how to look at their body and like what's find what's right for their fit for their fit and for their shape but I don't think that we should say like this is ugly and this is this is ugly you know like never I don't think that's like a very constructive but it's a it's a hard it's a it's a hard lesson because myself I do it still you know I still look sometimes at stuff and I'm like oh that's and I try to remember my grandmother. I'm like, no, this is ugly according to me, but it doesn't mean anything. And that's you okay know? because that's your opinion. But, 
but you don't, just like you said, I mean, some people might not, the clothes might not resonate with them and that's fine too, because what they like wouldn't resonate with you, but that's exactly working with that. You want and I think that another lesson that my, my, my other grandmother from Brown's told me, which I always found it so interesting as well. She was like, she always told me, all that matters is your client. <sighs> yeah. So she was like, it's all about your client. Yes. It's all about the client, Lola. And I love that she said that because she had this most beautiful store, you know, like yes. Brown's was just like, a kingdom for fashion, you know, and with all those very chic women and everything was just so pristine and they had the best designer and she was like, and there was McQueen and Alaya and everything. And, right. and, and, and the, the, this place was like a heaven, you know, for a girl like me or a woman like you, you know, and it's just it was like a, a sanctuary. But I love that she knew that the most important thing was not about that it was about the client and how to make feel good the client, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Never make them feel bad if they didn't like something. You know? Yeah, or, or, or make them feel welcome. Make them feel welcome, you know, and try to because at the end you're not here to be like, oh, what I'm doing is amazing. You're here to be like, come in my universe and like right. let's see if you're gonna find if you're gonna have fun with me, you know, and right. and we're here we're here for you. And I think that's so important to to think about the customer and to think about the woman who's wearing your clothes. Right. You know? Exactly. The point of it all. That's so true. Mm. And what led her to start Browns? What led her to, I think that she had, um, she had a love of fashion mm-hmm. and she was, she started by, she had, a, she, she was called like to have um, an eye, you know? Yes. And she was, she knew, she, she, she had this thing of spotting talent, young talent. Mm-hmm. She, she was the first one who, who bought John Galliano's first collection when he was a student at St. Paul and Alexander McQueen and, and many others, you know, like she, because she, she was just like, you know, when some people are like, I think it's a, a bit like being a treasure hunter, you know, yeah. when you're looking for beauty and, that's, yeah. all, that's all you're searching, you know, a bit like my grandmother looking at girls in the street and trying to look what they have that, they are, that is magical or different. Right. I think my grandmother, she was like obsessed with designers and young designers and young unknown talent right. and finding them, you know. And after she was proposing them to my grandfather, who was more the retail man. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I know that from, he's gone now for a long time, but I know that was a very tough man, very smart, but he would always trust her. Okay. And he would always be like, it's, I trust your vision. And she was never wrong, ever. Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, literally, both of your grandmothers <laughs> will go down in the history of fashion as two, you know, legendary, game-changing women. And you will, too, now with your brand. I don't know. <laughs> I but the pressure is the pressure, pressure is is hard. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, what you're saying about retail? So, I we haven't talked about this, but I started my career at Barney's on the buying team. So, <gasps> oh yeah. wow, so right? interesting. Yes, so interesting. 
beauty ready to wear and jewelry. And from that experience, what you're saying about having an eye and also having a vision, a problem with a lot of the American department stores is they, mm -hmm. it became a lot about the data and the numbers and they got away from what their customer wants and they got into Excel. And so that's why a lot of people got lost. There wasn't a vision anymore and so that's why some of them are going bankrupt unfortunately absolutely and i think that we need to you know and i think it's funny because we need to go back to local things like by having my website it's a bit like that it's like a modern modern local things right but it's hard to do things small and do it well you know and right. and, and to take care like to take care of the people that you know see something in your brand and communicate with them and and create maybe some, I don't like this word because it sounds so like, it sounds like so techy, you know, but to create a community, you know? Right. No, yeah. it's, the, it's just the truth. You know, that's the same But it's thing. the truth. It's like finding people that you share the same interest. And, yeah. and frankly, when I, when I, when thanks to Pompon, I met some women that, you know, like were nostalgic of Sonia Riquel and, but hungry for something new. Right. And, and I connect with them and it's just the best feeling ever. I bet it is, especially because it makes you feel close to your grandmother too. Exactly. I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm like, you know, continuing a little bit what she had done and she's like, she can look at me and she's be like, that's cool, Lola. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. She is for sure. What advice do you have for someone who wants to start their own company? Uh, not to get pregnant. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Because it really slows you down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. This is like a, a French joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that uh, I think that the, my advice would be like to I don't know. Like you have to be you have to be ready to make sacrifice. I guess you know you have to re be ready to be alone, and you have to be ready to. Yeah, to, to to work super hard and and not have like the not have the structure of a company to be like here for you, you know. Right. So it's it's about so you have to understand that you, you're not gonna you're not gonna have that cushion, and it's more about you yourself and your your own boss. And it has great stuff, but it it's had it it's not every day so easy. And um, my advice would be to be my advice would be definitely to like have a vision and and do it like with everything with all your all your heart all your don't like try not to compromise too much you know right that everybody everybody's going to tell you i want this shorter i want this longer i want this and this right. and this you know and you know that um delia maybe as a as a buyer you, you know what it is when you see designers and that and you're like you you want to tell them what to do because for them to fit more what you want. But at the end, real designer needs to be very honest, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. You yes. know? Really good so to be like, to be very strong and honest with your vision, I think. Yes. Right. Exactly. That's what I tell the consulting clients is take all yeah. the feedback, listen to it, and then make sure that you're staying true to your vision and you can apply what you think makes sense. And then for the other ones, you can say, well, they mean well, but that's not for me. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's okay. 
you know mm-hmm. okay you don't have to like buy everything but i think that it's important when you when you really i think it's a passion job so if you really love it you have to do it in a way that you know makes you happy and it's not like i can't do if if i want to do a sequin top you know I, i'm not going to do just like a little square of sequins and be like the rest has to be like neutral because otherwise people are not um, they're never going to like jump they're never going to go and get it it's too much of a too much of a like you know a stretch for them and it's too ex- too eccentric and i'm going to be like no i want to do this sequin over jersey basketball jersey top and yeah. maybe girls are going to love it yes and if anybody nobody buys it well maybe i will learn from my mistake but i i like the idea of like yeah. you know like trying to trust your vision yes i think that's really really good advice and it's hard to do and it's imperative it's really important for your brand you know yeah it won't last. I mean, if it gets too watered down and one place, it looks totally different than the other place. And, you know, for it's sure overwhelming when those people do that anyway, I would think so. Yeah. Keep it simple. Exactly. And, and, and try to make it true to yourself and true to make you, what makes you happy. Right. What is your ultimate vision for the brand? Oh, I would like to, I would like to have like, you know, like pom-pom girls everywhere. <laughs> I love that. You know, I would love to have women like wearing like the velour and the velour and outfit and with the rhinestones and being chic and chic and, and sports and sporty and, and confident with and not ashamed of being, of going to work out. And, 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 and that's why, you know, like for me, it's like, I call it a bit like a, if you see on my web, my website is a bit my universe, you know, like, because I think today it's like my own, it's my real store is my, my website. Right. A lot of thought into it. And that's why I call it planet Pompon, you know, <laughs> because that. it's a universe. And I want, I, I want it to be a place where, you know, you feel free and you feel free and, and wild and you can just wear those princess tops and those leggings with super long legs, you know, and, and, and I want to, yeah, I want to create a little universe, I think, you yeah. know. Well, that is very important to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us about your grandmother. What was she like? Well, either of them, both. So, I mean, they were very, very different. Both of, okay. both of them. I think that uh, my English grandmother, she's, She's um she's still there and she's a a very uh, she's a very lovely kind um, woman with the most super she's very gracious and she has the most beautiful like um, manners and attitude and she's in the same time very strong mm-hmm. and extremely chic she's like so chic I bet. I bet. <laughs> the older she gets the more beautiful she gets it's oh. just it's it's really but it really is she has such an amazing style it's it's hard to explain like sometimes I just I just love to see her because even if we talk but really I I just love staring at her I love her and like looking at all her jewelry and looking at her and smelling her perfume and like everything in her is like a present you know that's my grandmother I love that um and then my my and Sonia she was 
I don't know like how to explain. She was, um, I grew up with her, you know, so she was a bit like my second mom, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was uh, absolutely uh, amazing and she was completely unique, completely unique and did nothing like no one. Right. (laughs) But in the same time, she was extremely protective and maternal. So it was not like if she was like, you know, just an eccentric personage at all. She was extremely stable and calm, but very, very much like um, confident with herself, but very loving with her family. I think she loved fashion, but she loved her family so much too. And that was so important for her. Mm-hmm. We're so as our grand, the, the grandchildren were so important for her. And, and uh, that, would, that was what mattered the most, you know, to her. Sure. Wonderful, wonderful. And she was a big feminist, wasn't she? A big what? Feminist. Oh, yes. Although she wouldn't, yeah, she she was more like a feminist, but a very feminine feminist. Right, right. Her own kind. Just just like you're saying. Just her own kind. And she was, basically, I think that she was teaching women to liberate themselves. She was teaching women she was always saying like go in front of me of a mirror and take one hour one day one month one year and just study yourself and look at yourself and try to see what's good what's bad and put in the front what's good and put in the back what's what's (laughs) study study yourself get to know yourself you know so it's basically it's the opposite of fashion it's the opposite of doing something that people are doing to just be the same it's just the idea of doing something that is just right for you and you only. Right. Exactly. Yes. There is a new vegan shoe brand called Era, A-E-R-A, and they have these shoes that we recently got called Bianca, and there are platforms. They have them in metallic gold and also silver. So I'm going to send them to you because they would literally be perfect for for your velour suit. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And they're so light. I mean, and comfortable. You will die. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Sharp that would be amazing. Everything. Yes. What does a day in the life of Lola Riquiel look like? A day in the life? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, um, I wake up and I, I'm with my husband and I, I, before working, I go always to work out. Okay. To do gyrotonic or Pilates, mm-hmm. and after afterwards, usually I I go and go to the office to my little office and or my little atelier. Okay. And, and I work for the day there, and usually my atelier is in the, in the is in Saint Germain des Prés. Mm-hmm. So it's where my sisters and my family is there. So I. I usually end up the day, either they come to me or if I come, I go to them, but I meet them at some point, my sisters or my mother or my aunt. And, and after I meet my husband again, you know, <laughs> it's very, it's very, it's very like, um, it's very like, I don't know. It's very family work. Yes. Yeah. Family work, husband, uh, you know, uh, but I'm doing what I love. So it's, so it feels amazing. Yeah. And it's about to change in every way. Yep, absolutely. I think it's going to be less time for me. (laughs) Yeah, great, great. Like nothing you've ever experienced, but it will be very different. (laughs) 
<laughs> I bet it will. That's what everybody's telling me. It's like everybody's like, you'll see. You like. Yeah, that's right. But you're gonna you be the same again. You won't remember life before your baby. Yeah, I think I'm very like naive. I'm like, oh la la la, doing my little things and. Right, right, right. right. So tell everybody where they can find you and talk about the special code. Oh yes. Oh yes. So the code is uh, because of like what I told you about the universe and yes. about my universe and, and my 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 little world is a pom pom girl. Mm-hmm. I love that. So by doing by entering this code, you have a special additional discount. You know. Incredible. Yes. yes. Thank you. On, but only on the on the website obviously you know mm-hmm. and find me on the on my website which is pompon-paris.com mm-hmm. and have like there it's a kind of an introduction to 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 what i've been doing so far and it's the beginning you know and and it's uh it's the beginning it's it's the beginning of my vision and more and more is to come but as of now this is my first collection you can see and and um, the quality is amazing. And I wish, I wish there was something in the website that you could touch the material because that's the only thing missing, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the material is amazing. And I, tried to, I really tried to have the, the pictures like showing the materials. And the, but sometimes it's hard. So I just got, I got more the spirit of the girls where the, the girls, the models were my friends who are dancers, you know, not models. And um, you, you tell me what if you like it, what you like, <laughs> what things are interesting to you, you know. And yes, well, it website is, is definitely the good place to go. <laughs> exactly, and then Instagram is at pompon.paris, Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay, and you are the creatrice. Oui. Lovely Lola, thank you so much for sharing your story and talking about your Um, brand. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast and and giving me the opportunity to talk about my my little vision universe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, of course we're so excited for everyone to learn about it. It's it's such a pleasure and and, um, when you come to Paris, when all of this craziness is over, like you come to Paris, I would love to invite you for dinner. Oh, that's in, so in what in in the restaurant in the at Bowls? Really? Yes, definitely. At Caviar Caspia, you choose whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> that's so much fun. Do both. We can do we can do both one day one and one day the other. I don't care, but you know, like, I can show you like my places, oh. and uh, that would be nice because. Oh, I would love to meet you in real. (laughs) Yes, right. And exactly. Tell us when you come to NYC. It might be a while with the new baby, but. Yeah, I might. Yeah. We'll get there someday (laughs) very soon. (laughs) Coming. It's coming up. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. She's kicking right now. Is that what you said? Yeah, she's kicking. She's like, she's ready. She's coming. (laughs) If you like what you heard, Tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.